0: Welcome to this episode of Unraveling the Veil with your host, Yara Rose, also known as Katie Mosier from the YaraRose.com website. That is Y-A-R-A-R-O-S-E dot com. Hi everyone! Thank you for joining me for this episode of Unraveling the Veil. I am, as always, so excited to have you here today. I haven't even figured out exactly what to title this episode at the time of the recording. I'm sure it will come to me. As I was walking the other day, I started thinking about the topic of certainty And how you can do everything you possibly can to try to have things happen in a certain way. And you can plan upon plan upon plan to have things happen. And sometimes it just doesn't. And it really made me question, how certain of anything can any of us ever really be? I feel like we can get ourselves locked into fairly predictable cycles But even then, how can you predict when those tower moments are going to happen? And when I say tower moments, I'm speaking of the tarot, because the tarot, the tower moments are like shaking your foundation, things coming. And I always have pictures of like lightning striking and, and burning things down, and the foundations just being shaken to the core. To me, tower moments are those that occur to wake us up to the fact that there is more to life than what we are currently experiencing. I feel like they're common when we find ourselves in a particular cycle of same old, same old, predictable, like I said earlier. To me, they come as an opportunity. For us to perceive life in a completely new way, or maybe even to change our trajectory to one that is more in alignment with our true, authentic self. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've heard this saying a couple of times, and it goes something along the lines of tell God all of your plans and then step back and watch as he laughs. And I don't know about you, (laughs) but I have found them to be fairly accurate in my life. Spirit, when I communicate with them, they are often full of fun and humor. And it's so easy for me to picture them by my side with this humor and mischievous twinkle in their eyes as they know that the likelihood of all these plans that I'm working out and how they're going to work out is not going to be what I'm thinking they will be. Spirit is often full of fun and humor. In all honesty, when I am in my full alignment with my true self, it doesn't bother me in the slightest when my plans go slightly awry. It's when I'm Operating more in that state of fear, and my ego mind is trying to control every tiny detail to keep me safe. That's when I have a huge problem with my plans going a little crazy. But I think if you give it any thought at all, Most likely realize that the ego mind is the one that makes the plans to begin with, so it tracks that the ego mind is the only one bothered by the change in plan. When things don't go the way in which I had intended them to, I like to remind myself that spirit is operating with the game plan. They know exactly what lessons I came here to learn and what role I wanted to play and explore in this lifetime. While on the other hand, my ego is operating from only a couple of sheets of paper in comparison. One's filled with outdated information that's been handed down from generations after generations after generations, and the other is a complete list of this particular lifetime's likes and dislikes, along with the past experiences that dictated whether or not something was good and desirable or bad and therefore should be avoided at all costs. To me, these sheets of paper are how our ego mind forms the attachments that I spoke about in the last episode. They cause these attachments that we have to a specific outcome in any given scenario because you want it to go in a quote-unquote good and desirable way for you. I was pondering this topic one day when I remembered a story of the two traveling angels that I had been told about in my youth. For those of you that haven't heard it, the story goes like this. Two traveling angels stopped to spend the night in the home of a wealthy family. The family was rude and refused to let the angels stay in the mansion's guest room. Instead, the angels were given a small space in the cold basement. As they made their bed on the hard floor, the older angel saw a hole in the wall and repaired it. When the younger angel asked why, the older angel replied, Things aren't always what they seem. The next night, the pair came to rest at the house of a very poor but very hospitable farmer and his wife. After sharing what little food they had, the couple lets the angels sleep in their bed, where they could have a good night's rest. When the sun came up the next morning, the angels found the farmer and his wife in tears. Their only cow, whose milk had been their sole income, lay dead in the field. The younger angel was infuriated and asked the older angel, How could you have let this happen? This first man had everything, yet you helped him? She accused. The second family had little, but was willing to share everything, and you let the cow die. Things aren't always what they seem, the older angel replied. When we stayed in the basement of the mansion, I noticed there was gold stored in that hole in the wall. Since the owner was so obsessed with greed and unwilling to share his good fortune, I sealed the wall so he wouldn't find it. Then last night, as we slept in the farmer's bed, the angel of death came for his wife. I gave him the cow instead. Things aren't always what they seem. This story, to me, is always so powerful because it drives home the fact that we can't see the entire picture as we are navigating throughout our life. What may appear to us in the moment as a tragic tower, one in which we have lost everything we have ever worked for, may in fact be the biggest blessing we have received to date. Just like the farmers in the story above must have felt devastated at the loss of of their only source of income and saw this tragic moment as a travesty, they wouldn't have been seeing the blessing that had been bestowed upon them, for they still had each other to lean on, to love and to support each other as they navigated through the opportunities that were now being presented to them to create a brand new income for themselves or to find another cow to continue doing what they seemed to love so much. I personally believe that this is where our faith in something outside of ourself shines. It presents us with the ability to remain open to opportunities in abundance, to stay loving and curious and accepting of the many twists and turns that this journey of life often throws our way. I believe it's completely normal for a seemingly tragic or even a truly tragic event to throw us off kilter. My faith is paramount to me. But that still doesn't mean that I experience these types of situations and immediately transition to gratitude. I don't. I wish I did, but I don't. It's a process. Eventually, I come to the realization that I can sit in my anger, confusion, sorrow, grief, loss, insert whatever emotion that the current experience is fitting for, and I can even carry those emotions with me forever as some kind of badge of honor or If I like, I can use it as a shield to keep myself from others and keep them away from me or as a reminder to myself to never allow anything to get close enough to cause that much pain ever again. However, in those moments, I always remember that I have already lived my life that way before and it seriously almost killed me. At that point in the process, I know it's my choice on how I want to proceed And I choose to process through my emotions the best that I can. And I choose to ask my higher power to help me navigate through this situation. And they always help. They always do. Just ask. I always feel so much better knowing that whenever and wherever I am, I have their unconditional love and support. And when I come out on the other side, I will be a stronger, more compassionate person for having gone through the experience. I truly believe that. I've worked with spirit enough to know that when you choose to stay open, loving, and curious, they will guide you to the most beautiful, fantastic events. They orchestrate the best outcomes possible for us whenever possible. I've seen it too many times in my life to discount the magic that spirit can reveal. Maybe those farmers were guided to the store the following day where a raffle for a free cow was taking place which they entered and won of course maybe those farmers had been debating about selling the farm and pursuing a completely different interest through a series of what most people would call random coincidences i'd call spirit synchronicities or magic they were all set up to start their new business within a week As a side note, I do want to point out, I'm not saying that tragic things don't happen to people because we all know someone that has gone through a truly tragic experience. And I honestly have talked to Spirit about the subject many times, especially when things like majorly happen, like the Hawaii fires or all these natural disasters all over the world, or simply someone losing a child, like things that I struggle to comprehend in my own life. And- There's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of different things that we've talked about. And I think what it mostly boils down to is that there's just so much more to it than what I can understand with my limited human perspective. But even saying that, I still feel that when a tragedy does occur, I feel that the same options are available to us and spirit honors and respects what we decide to do but it's still our choice on how we want to proceed to move forward with our life. And as we talked about last time, attachments to a specific outcome can cause confusion, pain, and unnecessary suffering. Last time we talked about attachments and how a specific outcome can cause confusion, pain, unnecessary suffering. And I just pointed out how sometimes things that we perceive as bad or tragic are actually blessings in disguise. And I did run across another story that I wanted to share with you guys because I feel it's poignant to understanding how valuable approaching life from a place of non-attachment can be. And this is just like the angel story. This is another common story that can be found on multiple sources throughout the world. Some of the details are a little different depending on which site you look at, but essentially the story is the same. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer whose horse ran away. That evening, all of his neighbors came around to commiserate. They said, We are so sorry to hear your horses run away. That is so unfortunate. The farmer said, Maybe. The next day, the horse came back, bringing seven wild horses with it. And in the evening, everybody came back and said, Oh, isn't that lucky? What a great turn of events. You now have eight horses. The farmer again said, Maybe. Maybe. The following day, his son tried to break one of the horses, and while riding it, he was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors then said, oh dear, that's too bad, and the farmer responded, maybe. The next day, the conscription officers came around to conscript people into the army, and they rejected his son because he had got a broken leg. Again, all of the neighbors came and said, wow, isn't that great? Again, he said, maybe. This story to me serves as another reminder that we aren't seeing the big picture. At any given moment in time, we are only seeing a small portion of a much larger plan. If this farmer had attachments to every single situation that occurred in his life during these trials, he would have been emotionally wrung out from the emotional roller coaster of highs and lows that happened in such a short period of time. Instead, he simply stayed unattached and curious about what would happen next. I also wanted to call attention to the neighbors in the story because I feel that this type of behavior is very common in today's world. I personally find myself listening to a coworker, family member, or a friend's story, and before I even consciously realize it, I hear myself saying, oh, is that good or bad? Because then I will know the best way to support them. Are they seeking advice, support for how to handle a seemingly difficult circumstance? Or are they searching for a celebration of their seemingly good fortune? Since Spirit has been guiding me to speak about this subject with you, I have been more consciously aware of when I am falling into this trap of looking to classify situations as good versus bad. I don't think it's necessary for us to classify whether something is good or bad. Not only that, but as I indicated before, doing so can cause unnecessary pain, suffering, delays, and confusion. I believe it's unhelpful for both you and whomever you are speaking with. For both of you, it reinforces your ideas of what is considered good and bad and adds traction to them. I wanted to present the concept to you so you could also have the opportunity to ponder Whether this is something that you do or not, and if you do, whether it's in your best interest to continue doing so or not. I know in the last episode, I brought up my purchase of a yes no coin during a moment of great indecision. When I received the coin in the mail, I was amazed by the interpretation of these two words. The yes side of the coin was full of vibrancy, fireworks, and a celebratory feel. However, the no side of the coin had a skeleton and felt cold and desolate. Honestly, I was a bit taken aback by the artist's interpretation of these two words. While we are on this topic of releasing the need for an attachment for a specific outcome, I also wanted to ask you to consider how you perceive the words yes and no and good and bad. I was raised Catholic, so to me these words conjure up a variety of emotions since they were used in so many sermons throughout my life. The thing is, since speaking with spirit on a regular basis, they have been teaching me a lot about subjects such as this one and how life isn't as black and white as as we may wish it were. It makes me wonder how many of us are walking around with attachments to words such as these that cause us so much unnecessary pain and suffering. I can think of so many times when I feel a no should be celebrated and a yes should be represented as a skull and crossbones. How about you? Can you think of any words that way? The other day I drew a card and I feel like it fits perfectly in with this topic that I'm speaking about today. And it says... Don't run from the darkness, embrace your shadow side. When we go on a spiritual growth journey, we can easily fall into the trap of thinking life is supposed to be easy, especially when we are doing the work. We believe that if we are not happy and joyful 100% of the time, we are doing something wrong. But true fulfillment comes with living all aspects of your life, highs and lows, peaks and valleys, light and dark. Darkness is not something to run from. It's only unhealed emotions that need more love. Embrace your shadow side, the unhealed wounds from your past, childhood traumas, unresolved anger, and unprocessed fear, and work to accept the pieces of you that you despise. Only then can real transformation take hold. True peace comes from acceptance and seeing all situations with love. A big part of any personal growth journey is coming face-to-face with your deepest insecurities and fears. This is called the work. Many of us don't want to do the work because, well, it's work. It is hard and painful and it feels impossible to understand. But when we do this inner work, often the miracles happen. We heal, we grow, and we transform. True transformation happens when we look at the pieces of ourselves we have been hiding from. It is safe to look at your shadows. To move forward in your life, you must look at the pieces you have been afraid to see. Be honest with yourself about what you have been hiding from. The dark parts of you, your insecurities, doubts, and deepest fears are part of you as well. It is not something to judge or condemn. From a spiritual perspective, there is no good or bad, just areas that need more love. Look at your shadows as a mother would her own child. Embrace them and love them for trying so hard to protect you. Your insecurities, doubts, and fears have done nothing wrong. They have simply tried to keep you safe in what feels like an unsafe world. Once you understand your wounds, emotional attachments, traumas, and pain, they are no longer needed in your life. You don't need to carry any of the fear forward. Your ego, the fear, and the shadow is part of you but does not define you. Recognize that you no longer need the ego's protection. Allow yourself to accept all of you and invite more light into your life. You can do this by saying, I choose to be the light. I accept myself fully and allow the light to illuminate my path. We have talked today about good and bad and expectations and attachments and a- A little bit about yes and no and the constructs that we have built around those. And I feel like how we were raised and how these phrases were taught to us and how certain behaviors and expectations were taught to us associated with what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong, that's what's causing all of this confusion within not just our bodies, but within our life. And if we can learn to let go of all of those limiting beliefs, all of those yeses and nos and all of the good and bad behavior and accept that life isn't black and white. It's not always high. It's not always low. It's a journey. It's a journey to living and finding who we authentically are and shining our brightness out into the world and seeing what our creative endeavors will do and how it will add to the world. I truly believe that this is the work. This is why we're here. And I truly believe that it's worth all of the work, as the card described, in finding it out and determining it and letting it go and uncovering who we truly are. Before I end today's episode, I want to share one personal story about how our perceptions of good, bad, yes, no has shown up for me recently. I took a mediumship course so that I could have hands-on experience with others at trying to be a peer channel for their loved ones' messages. And each class, we had these specific little breakout sessions where we worked one-on-one with each other. Each breakout session would have like a goal of trying to get this, this information from a spirit for them and relay that information back and seeing if it was validated or not. And in this last session of the day, we were supposed to end it with receiving a simple message for the other practitioner from the spirit world. And the student that was reading for me was having a difficult time receiving a message from my loved ones. And she kept trying to say, no, that can't be it. And asking for something more distinct or descriptive or a specific message However, she kept receiving the same picture of two cats looking at her, and when she finally gave up and told me what was happening, I broke out into a huge grin, and I assured her that she was channeling correctly and that I could connect with the message that they were trying to relate. I know this might seem weird to most people, but I talk to my loved ones on the other side regularly, so I wasn't needing A typical message of love and validation of their continued presence throughout my life since their passing. I already know that. I've seen them. They're here. In that morning's card reading, though, I had drawn the card of justice. In this particular deck, the justice card is these two cats looking at me and waiting for me to decide which path I'm going to choose. And that was the exact same image that they had projected to this girl in her mind. And it was more validation from them that they meant what they told me earlier. And it was a lesson for both of us to trust ourselves and our abilities as well as to always be open to loving guidance from Spirit. The reason that I bring this particular example up is because it is a stark reminder to me of the importance of being an open vessel. I feel like to accurately interpret and clearly understand the messages that Spirit's trying to give you is... You need to release all your expectation, what you expect them to say or what they should say, and just be open, like an open book, blank sheet, ready and waiting to hear what their messages are. And then I ask you this as our final seed to think about, do you want to be guided by the ones that hold the game book or do you want to be guided by the ego mind, which operates with those couple of pages full of past historical data, the choice is yours. I really hope that this episode was helpful for you today. I love speaking with you and I look forward to speaking with you again. And I wish you the most love, light, and inspiration. With all of my love, Yara Rose.